Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Flutrack Podcast. Second show in a row with very serious music. I listened to some of it. It was, uh, it's intense. I don't know if it fits the vibe of the show, but we're going with it. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. We're remote. You follow the news at all, follow the weather news at all. Big ice storm in our part of the world. So that's why we are back at our desks at our house. Gordon, have you left your show- house today? I have not, but let's show the people the outside. Hold on. Here we go. So if you look, the, Trees all icy, and we're in Texas. You can see everything is covered in ice. Mm-hmm. All ice. This is also my this is my podcast studio. Look, I never showed anyone. So I got, I got <laughs> my Phillies right here. Got the Phillies. Got Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley. I got a guitar here. This is a, a food truck that closed called Way South Philly in Austin, Texas. And then I got my pre-post there because I am mm, cliche. And that's about it. And then I got my desk. Has anyone ever seen my desk? It's made out of connects. And it has GM mm. on it. I have a connects desk. I built it when I was 18. And it still works at age 35. Value. Boom. Anything fall down? Any trees fall down? A tree did fall down uh, like 30 minutes ago. Okay. I heard it. It went. And then I waited to see if there was going to be a draft into my house. Because that means it would <laughs> hit my house. Yeah. But nothing changed. So I was like, all right. It didn't hit the house. But I'm too afraid to go outside to find out where this tree fell. So I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen and just go outside tomorrow. And be like, oh, there used to be a tree there. Now it's not. I am worried, though, because I got a note from my neighbor uh, like two months ago saying, hey, I need to talk to you about a tree in your yard that is leaning towards. I'm not sure if I told the story on the podcast. Have I? You did. You did. did. Wait, you didn't follow up on this? You didn't follow up with this guy? Well, I did follow up. What you said? I got my landlord to... I talked to yeah. my landlord. And he's like, all right, we'll take care of it. We'll cut yeah. down the tree. But they cut down the wrong tree. <laughs> Classic mistake. And I'm kind of just being lazy, and I probably should tell my landlord, hey, you cut down the wrong tree. It's Oof. a different one. And I just haven't gotten to it. And like three weeks or four weeks have gone by since the tree was cut down. And now I don't know what to do because now I feel like he's going to be like, why didn't you tell me? I don't know. So the tree is still there. They cut down a different tree. But the other guy right. hasn't contacted me, so maybe it's all fine. But I'm worried about this winter storm that maybe that was the tree that just fell. And if yeah. it did, it crushed the house next door, which is bad. That's so not let's good. Just, let's just do the podcast and not think about it. Usually they put the big red X on the tree so they know that they're going to remove the correct one. 
or they tie something to it so that doesn't happen. Yeah, no. Surprise. Surprise, it was a mix They cut down there. the tree while I was out of town, so like I wasn't there to point uh, at the tree, but like, that's the one. Yeah. The way you made it sound, break, though, so. you, you made it sound obvious, though. You made it sound as if no one would be able to. Oh, it was obvious. I took a picture of it. Okay. And the tree and they that still... they cut down does not look like the tree that I took a picture of. It looked like a very different tree. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. All right, let's oh. start, because we don't hey, know anyway. how long we're going to have power. Tree talk. We, we don't know how long we're going to. You know, have connections, so we should start. We should start. Uh, let's go first. We'll, we'll do NCAA rankings. We'll talk London Marathon fields. Um, got some pen relay announcements, and then Ostrava World Indoor Tour is tomorrow. But let's start with NCAA rankings. You want to give me an overview? You want to tell me which one stood out to you? Yeah. So let's, let's start with the team. Um, the team battle. Very different dynamic for men and women. On the men's side, Georgia, heavy favorites this year, obviously on the backs of Kyle Garland, their, their multi-athlete, and Matthew Bowling and Elijah Godwin. Um, they're basically going to be the, the war courses for getting the most points. at 48 points. Second, I have Stanford, which is going to be on the backs of their terrific, you know, Kai Robinson, Charles Hicks, Cole Sprout. And then third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, are basically all virtually tied. Arkansas, Alabama, Northern Arizona, and Texas Tech, all there in the mix. Arkansas, Alabama, Texas Tech, they're more of a traditional track program. They have a little bit of field, sprints, jumps. Northern Arizona, I have scoring 32 points with just two guys. And uh, basically, I have them going first and third in the 3K and 5K. I would say making that prediction three weeks ago would have been a little bit, are you sure about that? But then after Drew Bosley runs 736, you have to think that's a top three type runner. And they have Nico Young, who was literally second across country. And you look at Charles Hicks, who just is coming off a 753 3K when yeah. his teammates are all running in the 740s. You got to think, does NAU technically have two of the best distance guys? And you could think, could they put two in the top three, in both the three and five, and they do that, they can score 32 points, which would be even more funny if they podium with just two guys as opposed to like podiuming with four guys that they did uh, a year ago. So that's the, the men's, it's really Georgia versus the field and a couple interesting distance schools in Stanford and NAU. Women. Uh, Hold on, before you go to the back. women. Oh, before okay. you go to the women, though. On the men, I want to know what, What's the swing event? What's the important event here? I know you have Georgia plus 13 right now, but historically that's not that big of a gap this early in the season. We've seen margins yeah. much bigger than that get erased. Some people emerge, some people get injured. Right now, what do you think is going to be the event to watch in terms of the team race given the players that are involved? Men's 400. 1,000%. Men's 400. Uh, I have Florida men, which, you know, I'm probably going to get a, a tweet from their SID or their <laughs> team manager because I have the Florida <laughs> men ranked 10th. And they like uh -oh. to remind me that they never finish worse than second basically every year. Uh, but Florida men have four extremely talented quarter milers. And I don't really have them scoring as much as they probably could. Now, I have a feeling Florida's going to move up in the rankings after the mid-February weekend when they all start running like their A-type races. Ja'Cory Patterson hasn't really put up a big mark yet. But the men's 400, because you have the Florida 400 guys, you have Godwin of Georgia. Alabama has a good 400. Like Arkansas has a great 400-meter runner, Christopher Bailey. There's just a lot. And Christopher Bailey, he could win it or get seventh, and that's a huge swing. Corey Patterson could win it or get seventh. That's a big swing. So Elijah Godwin could win it or get seventh. It's basically the you either win it or you get seventh race. So <laughs> we're going to have a lot of winners and seventh place finishers in the men's 400. And it's going to affect. Can I, tell, can I tell you my favorite event on the men's side right now? What's that? It's like looking at the right. When I, I went through all the rankings, I said, all right, out of these, which, which event right now am I most excited about? I think it's a men's 60. Just a lot of star power there. 
right? A lot of people with interesting storylines. A, a lot of people. A lot of people that you could, you could see. Like, I would not be surprised if half or even all the guys listed in that top eight won the thing, right? It's not. It would not be that surprising if, for example, Ashe, who you have ranked seventh from Auburn, formerly of Tennessee, if he ended up being the NCAA champion. Uh, not that surprised at all. But Makai Williams, potential for the collegiate record. Bowling, going to be running a bunch of events, important for the team race. Devontae Burnett, obviously, he's a star. Ismail Coney, like the, the names go on and on there. I just feel like that's a loaded event this year. Yeah, that's what's interesting about the sprints in general. Even in the 200, like the margin of different, like it just... You, any person can finish, can win it. There's not, or any, any person can finish top three, I think is like the real situation. You know, you're, you're going to have your favorites, but you come into the season ranked seventh to 12th, you could easily finish third. And that's what sprints do. You look at the men's 200. I have bowling as ranked number one. Uh, the LSU athlete, uh, Dorian Comel, second. Makai Williams, third. Like, that would be. Maybe a Javante Harding, the Tennessee kid who mm -hmm. transferred from North Carolina AT&T. He was running incredible outdoor 200s. He could come up there and maybe surprise and win it. Um, it's just, it's really hard to predict the men's sprint events because yeah. you just, the talent. I mean, Sean Masaganwe, the Houston kid, like, remember him a few years ago? He was lighting up oh, the yeah. track. I have him ranked, I don't even have him ranked in the top eight in the 60. I have him seventh yeah. in the 200. So, a lot of movement can happen. There's a little more well, I, known in the, in the women, I feel. But if you go to the top of the men's 60, Williams versus uh, Bowling and Burnett. Let's just even take Williams versus Burnett. Remember indoor last year? Williams false starts. Burnett, yeah. gets, Burnett gets the win. So Williams is going to try to get a, another NCAA title. Burnett's going to try to repeat. And then outdoors, I thought Burnett was on his way to potentially – win the whole thing or at least get top two he gets an unfortunate injury late in the season there's just a, a lot of established names there the last few years on sprinting uh on the men's side especially ncaa's it's like been okay who's going to establish themselves as a name who's going to establish themselves this you know all the characters coming in into the season so i'm i'm really i'm really into the men's 60 and a lot of people with international experience as well but let's move to the to the women's side can we do an overview of the team team race and then let yeah. me know what you think the so, pivotal events are going to be last year was all about florida versus texas it's going to be like that this year it's kind of crazy that florida is still in the driver's seat after losing anna hall but like mm -hmm. you got they they still though return jasmine moore they return who's phenomenal in the long and the triple they return talitha diggs they return grace stark who's coming off an injury but, yeah. you know, they have a lot of depth that basically they're running it back. And they're going to be the heavy favorites, in my opinion. Texas is right now in second. Texas, though, they lost a few, but they still have a few guaranteed points. And, you know, Julian Alfred is a guarantee. They have a couple new transfers that came in that are going to be at worst third place in their events. So Texas still is going to be formidable, but it's going to be a Florida-Texas battle. Florida with the advantage here. Right now at the 82 points to 70. And then it's everybody else. Arkansas is kind of in no, no woman's land. They're kind of just hovering there in third uh, on the backs of just having a diverse group and great uh, distance runners. The thing that's helping Florida, though, is Parker Valby. And I was actually wondering if Parker Valby was going to run for Florida this year because we know about how Chris Zielinski, Took the job at Oregon, and when the Alabama coach went to Florida, you know there were some transfers yeah. out of Alabama, and you're wondering, oh, will Parker Valby move? She, as of right now, she's still there. She ran the DMR anchor for Florida, qual hopefully qualifying their DMR. So we're likely going to see Valby run the five and the three k down the line in February, um, which these rankings take into account. The USTFCCA rankings currently don't have Parker Valby ranked anywhere which is dumb. Florida is going to get, at worst, 16 points from Parker Valby, at most 20 points from her. So uh, the Valby factor is going to help 
Texas doesn't have anyone that can really counteract the points that Parker Valby is going to score for Florida. Um, and that's why they're heavy favorites by 12 points. Key events for the women, is it going to be 400 as well? No, yeah. I, I honestly think the key event is Parker Valby. Because if she runs and just like carries a team with 16 to 20 points, mm-hmm. they're gonna, they're gonna, there's going to be no way that Florida's going to lose. Basically, Texas needs to call up NC State, call up you know, Colorado, call up all the, the top distance schools, be like, hey, can you just like make sure Parker doesn't win? Like, can you just make sure she gets like fourth or fifth? You know, because Texas is going to be huge Wolfpack fans. Texas is going to be huge, uh, like Oklahoma State fans, Washington fans, because they know that they're going to need uh, that they're going to need Parker not to score as many points. And right now, I have Parker Valby second in the three K behind Tui, and I have Parker Valby whatever in the five K. So yeah, the, look at the three K. I have Tui one, Valby two, Taylor Rowe three. Man, this three K is going to be good. Kaylee McCabe four. Chilang got five. Um, so have Lauren Gregory there in eighth. She can probably score. But yeah, we're gonna have a nice little two-e versus Valby part, whatever. How many times they break? And then the five K, I have Valby winning it because I'm assuming Caitlin Tui will opt for the DMR. So mm-hmm. Valby, Taylor Rowe. So really it's Taylor Rowe and Mercy Chilang got like Alabama and Oklahoma State are gonna be Crucial for Florida. Like, I guarantee there's at SECs, Mike Holloway is going to go up to Alabama's coach and be like, all right, here's the thing. I know we're rivals. I know SEC, we, we put it all on the floor, but just do me one favor. Don't be. No, wait, hold on. I, I, no, he, he's he, not going to ask some favor. He's going to be. I take you need Edric because he's Edric. against Alabama. I'll, yeah, Edric, yeah. Edric needs to go there. Yeah. Edric yeah. is going to be calling up Alabama, being like, "Hey, rest all of your runners for SECs. Go all in and take out Valby for us at uh, NC." Sorry, I, I mixed up my uh, SEC. Future SEC coach there in Edric Florial in Texas. Yeah, true. Uh, is there no, uh, any other events that are standing out to you for the women, other than the ones you mentioned? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the distance is going to be Tui and Valby and Taylor Rowe will be fun. Sprints, I am kind of interested in the women's 60 hurdles. So if you bring up the women's 60 hurdles rankings, I, all right, I put Masai Russell number one, obviously, because she broke the collegiate record. But like, Grace Stark. Mm-hmm. is legit. Now she's coming off injury. She won last year. I have her fifth. But if you look at outdoors, uh, the Texas Tech athlete, Roswell, yeah. and the Kara Nugent, uh, yeah. of Arkansas, Nugent of Arkansas, they ran incredibly outdoors. And Aline Armstrong's yeah. like been misconsistent. So like, Masai Russell is kind of new. I, I, I don't I mean, she deserves to be number one because she broke the collegiate record and she's you know senior yeah. and she, she got it all going for her. But like, it's not going to be an easy win for the collegiate record holder. And so I think that's going to be an interesting thing. Like There could be a situation where Masai Russell gets fourth and everyone's like, how did that happen? Well, it happened because it was a deep event. And so I'm kind of looking forward to that women's 60 hurdles. Yeah, even, even Paula Salmon of a yeah. is really good. And she's a, she's a vet. She's run... Uh, she's on 783, right? I mean, 783 is fast yeah. and, and a, and a 12.63 in the, in the highs outdoors. But, yeah, Nugent and Roswell last year were cooking. Like, they were running real fast outdoors too. And then Nugent ran quick time over the, over the weekend as well. So I agree with you. That, that's, a, that's a stacked top five, six there. Getting in the finals is going to be really hard. Do you want to know what the hardest one the rank was? Yeah. Can you guess? Well, when you say hardest, what does that mean? Most difficult. For you? Just like, like the mo- You didn't yeah, know what me. to do? Well, uh, oh, yeah, I didn't know what to do. 
Men's 800. No, that was easy. That was a joke. Um, women's sh- shot put. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, men's mile. Oh, I was actually going to guess that. So I want to know what your thoughts are on Washington, the men's mile. Washington. Washington, Washington, Washington. It's like that meme, Washington, Washington, six foot ten, ways up. So, so number one, the first thing about the rankings I got, the South Carolina kid, Isai, uh, one, Ilya Kipsang, two, Joe Wascom, three, Nathan Green of Washington, four, Adam Spencer, five of Wisconsin, Ryan Shoppy, Oklahoma State, six, Luke Hauser of Washington, seven, and Fouad Masoudi, Oklahoma State, eight. So here's the question. Number one, Washington has all these guys, but are they going to run it? You don't know who's going to actually run the mile versus the DMR versus the 5K. So that's challenge number one. If Washington has like 12 guys, who of the 12 are actually running the mile? So I took out – who did I take out? I took out Kerrion Lum, and I took out Ryan Fay because I was like, I don't think they're going to run the mile. So that was step one. And then step two is, what does 351 actually mean? Like, does that actually mean that you are guaranteed to be dominant? Because we see a lot of times the people with the best seed times in the mile a lot of times don't end up winning. We know that the whole, like, collegiate record curse. Like, oh, I break the collegiate record, and then you lose in the NCAA mile. And then you have the the factor of Anaya. How do I say this guy's name? I keep on saying, how do I say the South Carolina kid's name? Asai. Asai. Okay. Like Isai, but not Asai. He's the ultimate, like, I haven't ranked one. He didn't even qualify for the final in the 1500. Didn't even qualify for NCAAs last year in indoors. But the guy can run fast. He ran a fast 743, 3K. I got to believe that when he's actually all together, the guy from Morocco, he's, he's going to be – I don't think anyone's going to beat him. So yeah, it's kind of like putting it, a lot of trust in him when he has no really true NCAA championship experience, putting – trying to predict Washington's game plan and then you know, filling in the gaps. Was, that's what made it hard. Yeah. Here's the thing. You just said sometimes a guy comes up out of nowhere and doesn't have a good seed time and wins an NCAA title in the 1500 of the mile. You know who that was last year? Yeah. That was Joe Wascom. And now he has yeah. a 351 to his name. I agree with you. We don't know what Washington's going to do, but that's why I would have him number one. Now, does a tactical 345 that he ran at Hayward Field last year, does that carry that much weight this year? I think it does a little bit just because it shows you he's been able to do it in a championship setting. He's been able to get through rounds and things like that. And then now he has this crazy fast PB. So I'd have him one now. There's just a lot of question marks around everybody else. Not Kipsang? You have him over Kipsang? Yeah, because what was Kipsang last year? It mm-hmm. Wasn't he this exact? This was the exact situation um, that you were describing, right? Someone comes in with a crazy fast. Uh, PB, and then because it's mile, it's it's all. I don't know. Yeah, he got you eighth. He got eighth indoors last right. year, and then outdoors. What was he outdoors? Cole, can you scroll up. He was didn't went out the in the semis. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. But that means he has that drive. He has that motivation. <laughs> That's a factor. You got to add the motivation <clears throat> at aspect to it. I, I think he is the type of person that you were describing before. Fast time. True. Does, hasn't run well in, in championships. So, Boscom has. So, I would go with him. And he also has the fast time to make He made it easy for you. Joe Boscom made it easy for you this year. I so know. Far. He did run 351. He's defending outdoor champ. But, like, I don't know. Maybe I need one more, like, race. Or I need – because maybe I'm banking on Kip saying, and he said to go out, like, mid-February and – respond with 351s themselves and i'll be like guys everyone's running 351s now so they probably will but i i think unless there's something completely out of ordinary i think i roll through with wascom i've seen 
I've seen enough already from him. Luckily, okay, the rankings anything, will change week by week. Anything else from rankings? Four rankings? No, do you have anything else? No, I think that's a good starting point for the rankings. Uh, Want to talk who, for a sec? Who, who do you think is going to win the, the men's 3K? Men's 3K? Yeah. I've already made a pick. I can never remember if I already made a pick. I don't know. Have you? I'll prob I'll go mayor if I haven't made a pick yet. Say Alex. Mayor. mayor. <clears throat> Again, I we'll reserve the right that. to I reserve the right to retract that in two weeks. Can I add that uh, to yeah. the over unders? Alex Mayer, yeah. zero yeah. one point five place in the three K. Yeah, I'm going for it. I'm going Alex Mayer. I want to talk about London Marathon because they got we have All some right. announcements there, and the men's side getting a lot of attention just because of, of the big names. So you got Farah, you got Bekele. Four of the fastest in history are going to be in this race, though, lined up. Um, Kelvin Kiptum, who just ran sub-202 in Valencia, he's going to be there. Uh, Legese, yes, Valencia is an absurdly fast course, but not a very long list of guys who have run sub-202. So I'm glad that he's jumping in a marathon major, and I'm glad we're going to get to see him against this, this quality of field. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's it's one of those weird, rare cases where you're like, a Kipchoge-less field actually looks not too bad. You know, you're like, hey, I'm, this is something that's like, even without Kipchoge, there's multiple storylines. There's potential for seeing something incredible when you have, this is a race with two guys who have run 201, and Kipchoge's not one of them. Look, yeah, it's pretty wild. And a bunch of 202 guys. So I'm excited about it. Like you said, Kelvin Kiptum, that's going to be the what now. Like we saw an incredible debut. Now that he's got one under his belt, now that he knows what it's like after mile 20, after mile 22, what's he going to bring to the table? Is he going to go, go even wilder? I mean, the course isn't really world record type course. It's not Berlin or Valencia, but, you know. There's some big names, and he could put down a great performance that can kind of like set himself up for, hey, give me one more shot at Kipchoge. Maybe I can uh, – not one more shot, but give me a shot Give me a at shot. Give me a shot. Yeah, exactly. Give me a shot well, at Kipchoge and see what happens. Yeah, everybody was taken aback by that fast time, but because it's Valencia and because he hadn't run before a marathon, he didn't know what to do with it. But if yeah. you win in London, that immediately puts you – Yeah, I don't know what to do. It immediately puts you in a different stratosphere, winning London. And you, you couple that with the 201, then, then you're going to get people talking about, all right, are we going to see these two guys match up? Kipchoge would still be the heavy favorite unless their spring marathons go in completely different directions. But then it would be um, a worthy match, I think. Farah, I saw in the press release, they asked him, hey, is this, is this going to be it? He didn't say, he didn't commit one way, yes or no. I mean, it would make sense if he is going to do a farewell race for it to be in London. That make, And it feels like the marathon is, is where he's trending. We talked about this before. Road races are just more accessible than, than track races, right? So he gets, gets to have one last run through the streets. I don't know if that's the case, but it's, it's just a different way to end your career than running in a Diamond League 5K and getting ninth or tenth. It's just like a totally different feel to it, I think, if you're a distance runner, than being able to run a marathon in your home country in front of the home fans against a hard field where nobody expects you to win. Like The expectations are completely off of Mo Farah at this point, which, was, which is a 180 from virtually the last, what, 10 years of his career? where every race, even if he shouldn't have been considered the favorite, like his marathon debut, people are wondering, hey, is he going to break the world record? Now things have become a lot more realistic after seeing the last couple of years of Farah. So he wants to, uh, he wants to give it a shot. So it'll be fun. Another, another thing to watch. Yeah, he should like find a way to like do like a memorable uh, tribute at each mile. 
mm. it like represents an achievement he's done in his career. You know, like at each, yeah. like at the 2008 or 20, like the 20.08 kilometer mark, he like <laughs> does something for his Olympic double, you know, and does like a different thing where each either mile marker or kilometer marker or time marker is like representative of one of his achievements. And so he has like this whole like parade of Mo while running 205. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, women's field, we'll, we'll break that one down either Friday or next week. We got Ailish McCaulgan in the British field. I don't think we have the full international field yet for that too. So I don't wait till we have all of that out. And we'll have plenty of time to break that down next week. The power just cycled over here. I don't know if it did that for you too. Probably not. We're kind of far away from each other, but getting a little concerned now about how much I heard longer this fell off my roof. I, unlike Colt, I do not have a secret battery pack that is powering this show. So it'll be curtains. Fallout guys. <laughs> guys, here's a problem. I'm really bad with preparing for winter storms. I only have one thing in my fridge right now. <laughs> And I have a feeling that I won't be able to go get food anywhere, right? Because I'm guessing everything's closed. DoorDash, they just in, in the storm. Yeah, they just they just announced schools closed tomorrow too. So basically, that means everything's going to be shut down again tomorrow. Will H E B be closed? Will the grocery store be closed? I don't. I don't think H E B will be closed. Okay. So if you can get there, I think you'll be all right. Because I am worried that I'm not going to have any food tonight or tomorrow. All right. Um. Should I be worried? Do you know your neighbors? I know. I don't know my neighbors. Can I come to your house? If I drive to your house, know. could you give me a loaf of bread? Note for that guy next door and yeah. see if he can give you some food. <laughs> yeah, you haven't done well to make nice with your neighbors. Yeah. Okay. All right. So if I really am starving, I'm gonna drive to your house and you can make me buttered <laughs> toast or something. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Hundred percent. Right, cool. Sweet. Uh, checking in on the chat. All in the game says Bracey has apparently withdrawn from the New Balance 60 meter race. Yeah, we're going to break that down tomorrow. Friday? No, Friday. Friday. Friday's yeah. going to be morning pod, by the way. Friday's a, a 9 a.m. pod, assuming Gordon is still able to eat. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about all the New Balance stuff for, for Friday. That sound good? That sounds like a great plan. Yeah, there's, there, there's a lot there. We'll. I mean, obviously, everybody's super interested in the women's 60 um, and the men's 60. You still have Bromel versus Lyles, right? Yeah. I wanted Bracey in there, too. In fact, I was getting my, my picks ready because I needed to do even more research because you made up a little bit of ground on me last time, and I didn't like that. I took it personally. I looked in the mirror, and I said, Kevin, you going to work harder, or are you going to let this guy come back on you? I said, work harder. And I was actually prepared to pick Bracey in that race. So. Ooh. Makes things, makes things a little easier, not having him then there. But um, I want to do a quick announcement. Um, we're doing pen relays again this year, right, Gordon? Oh, yeah. So we're getting some team announcements. The meet's going to be live on FlowTrack. We got Clemson, and we got South Carolina signing on. Clemson, the man, they brought home a wheel at last year's pen relays, which was exciting. And... On the women's side, South Carolina, who's coming back this year, they won the Championship of America in the 4x1, the 4x2, and the 4x4. A lot of memorable performances for them. They're both going to be back. Um, I like the quote in this um, release from South Carolina coach Curtis Fry. Basically says, he says, very few people get uh, to run in the second greatest meet in the world behind the Olympics. Pen Relay's second greatest meet in the world. Behind the Olympics. I mean, I know you're a big, you're obviously a big Philly guy. So you're going to, you're going to echo that sentiment. But I got to say, after being there last year, the desire to win with all those teams for what is basically a meet in the, in the middle of the season was so awesome to see. Right? They show they, up. They won. And the pressure, the intensity, like we've been to a ton of regular season track and field meets. This is not a regular season meet. No. Right? It, feel, it feels, it, it takes place during the, what we would call the regular season, but it's just, it's just a completely different 
atmosphere out there and, and the intensity you can tell like people want to leave with one of those wheels um at the end of his quote he says you hear of people saying i attended the pen relays that are 80 to 90 years old there's no other track event in america like the pen relays hard to argue with that i love it and south carolina south carolina women they were classic with great one-liner reactions oh, in the, the post-race interviews interviews, interviews was just yeah. like we gotta go back into the archives and compile all the best interview moments of south carolina we'll, we'll turn that into a little <laughs> highlight reel later on this year that'll be fun for sure for sure all right we got a couple other news items gordon you want to bring this one up we saw kevin hansen uh, of hansen's running tweet out i'm hearing rumblings at usatf road championships may not be in existence in the next couple of years. Your thoughts? Well, it does. It's an interesting thing that could happen. But then you think about it and you're like, all right, USATF Road Championships. And then you look into it and you're like, what has been going on in the USATF Road Championships? And you realize that there's like a 6K, a 7.2K, a 9-mile, a 12K, a women's only 8K, a... 10K, a half marathon, a full marathon. And you start recognizing, I mean, Molly Huddle was the queen of seeing all these road races and getting title after title after title. But the prestige of a road race USA title is not anywhere near the prestige of a major marathon title or a track indoor or outdoor title. And I think there may be... And under there that they we're wondering why. Why does someone not really set their season up to win the 12K road race? Mm-hmm. You know, we look at back of the way it's even covered, you know, like it's kind of like, all right, you know, oh, Leonard Courier, he won the 12K this past week in Michigan. Or, oh yeah, okay. Molly Huddle wins it again. And well, you know, at they that you know, it's just like the story is based around the story after the races are always like, all right, what does this mean about when they run at, at the Olympic trials or when they run at the outdoor championships? When Huddle or other stars would run it, it was good for the events. It was great for those events because it put a spotlight on it because you're going to yeah. pay attention to what the best athletes do. But I think a lot of times if it didn't have a star or if a star was planning on running and then pulled out late, you didn't really notice the meet. You didn't really notice that race. It blended in because there are so many other road races. I wonder if the path forward is going to be, you know, you've talked about pairing the track meet with with the marathon. I wonder if the path forward might be pairing a couple of these road races with track meets that are already going on. Now, you'd say, all right, there might be some overlap there because if you have a 10K, you're going to split your field between people on the road and people on the track. But maybe there's a way to do it. Maybe it's in a meet where there's not a longer distance offered then that at that same point you offer that you know that morning there's going to be the usatf you know 15k championships i feel like it would get more attention because it's hard to stick out but if you pair it with with the track meet people might go and 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 check it out who otherwise wouldn't or people would pay more attention to the results who otherwise wouldn't and you know a lot of these were you know, these were the like the local races were were organizing these things, right? Yeah. Like I remember I went to the I went to the LA Marathon one year when it happened to be the USATF Marathon Championships. Well, it wasn't a different race because it was the US Marathon Championship. All that happened was they took the results, and if you were the top American, then that that meant you were the top, you were the US Marathon champion that year. So it's building off existing uh, infrastructure that's there. So maybe that's a reason why they won't change it, you know, why they would keep it the same. It's just going to take away the USATF, you know, it'll take away the title from it. Yeah. The title, I mean, probably does USATF contribute prize money? Maybe they're trying to... Yeah, there's, uh, Hanson says, all travel and prize money comes from the local organizing committee. So... Yeah, it's really just a label. It's just a a label. label. Yeah, you get to be, you're the 5K champion, you're the 8K champion, you're the, you're the 20K champion. What if they did, 
I mean, they've done this before too, right? They've done the circuit too, haven't they? Where you're you're sort of creating a diamond league for road racing. Yeah. There there are these road races that have like this, this rich tradition in each locale. That's pretty cool, right? You talk about Boulder Boulder and Lilac Bloomsday and Falmouth, right? Every we've heard yeah. all these names before. It would be cool to create like a, a major tour of those where you take the ten best, you know, maybe it's one a month. And, but, and, then orient, my question. and then orient around that. What is the demog- what is the market for road racing anyway? Is the market of road racing is training for your marathon? Well, some of those Literally, people are making. Well, no, some of those yeah, people are like, making more more money than they would be on the track. Of a marathon. Yeah, you can only do a marathon. Yeah, you can only do a couple no, that's what they're here. doing because they're going where the participation goes, and the participation everyone's paying an entrance fee for the thousand plus race, and then that's how they get prize money. Whereas you're not getting local runners entering your local track meet. That's why there's more prize money in road races because there's participation in road races. 100% one to one ratio. It's not because it's more. It's just because it's people participating, paying entry fees. Anyway. And what I'm saying is like, what is, if you're a really good 12K road racer, who is a yeah, really good yeah. 12K road racer? Is it a per, that person doesn't exist because that person who's really good at the 12K road race is trying to run a fast marathon. They don't have a cap. trying to run a fast yeah. 10K. They don't have a and capstone some, event is what you're saying. Yeah. The yeah. capstone event is a marathon or it's a. That's the that's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is the big marathon performance or making a track team, yeah, for their country, right? Yeah, I get it. No one goes to bed at night dreaming like you know, one day, I want to win the eight point four k USA title. Well, okay, no one is saying well, that. But, but here's the thing, you gotta. But do you think we're missing some athletes though? And what I mean by that is. Should we make some space for a distance between 6.2 miles and 26.2 miles where the pinnacle of the sport should be on the road in, in road racing and not on the track or at the marathon? No. They should just have to choose? You choose. Okay. I mean, I think, I mean, I honestly think you, I mean, you don't want me to, I, I, I'm controversial. I think there's too many events already in track, you know, so that's just me. But like people do say you're controversial, Gordon. I I think like thinking outside the box. Why? I mean, why is there a one and a two, and why is there a five and a ten k? There should just be one long distance event and one sprint event. That's radical, and I get it. I love watching the two hundred and the ten k just as much as everyone else. I get excited about it. I love debating it, and it's a really good event right now. Whatever. But there is something interesting about like having basically sprinters sprint just a little bit longer distance. It's like at the end of the day, you just want to know who the fastest sprinter is and who the fastest distance runner is. You know. So Yeah, I don't I don't think seeing Bolt and Shelly and Fraser Price fewer times is a good recipe. But do you think the, the end of the 10K and the end of a 5K is any different? No, but it's a chance exactly. to see the super it's a chance to see Mo Farah again though. It's a chance to see Safan Hassan again. That's that's a, is the end of a, a two hundred butterfly that much different than a hundred butterfly? No, but you get to see Michael Phelps. I don't know what events he does. I'm out of my depth here in swimming, but it's just it's a way to trot out the stars again. People okay, want to see stars um, over and over again. Then why doesn't the NBA have a simultaneous game like the next day where they play a five on five and then they play three on three? It's a team sport. That's a totally different thing. I gave you a good analogy with swimming, and you, you're throwing a bad analogy back. Okay, I'm why saying don't we watch Tiger Woods do four rounds of golf, and then he does it again, where it's like the chip. He does a mini golf tournament the next. He literally match. plays. He, he literally, yeah, exactly. What he does? No what mini golf. I want to watch the Masters. I want to watch mini golf Masters. Where they're see doing. You see him four times. You see him four days in a row at the majors. There's multiple majors. Yeah, they're doing the same event then, though. They're and doing then they play eighteen holes of golf. They're, they're not. They're not limited for exposure in tennis and golf. They and and the 
and the superstars play for the most part in tennis and golf. Also, Colt bringing up Holy Moly, the Steph Curry uh, miniature golf show. In track and field, where you're trying to get people to pay attention, like in, in Olymp I'll just say it for Olympic sports. I Why in gymnastics do they do the all-around? They do the all-around in gymnastics, and then they do each individual discipline separate. They do exactly what you're saying in these other sports. No, that, well, gymnastics but, isn't that popular compared to golf and tennis. But these are the sports I track is competing with. This is the sports that track is competing with in the Olympics. It's not competing with tennis and golf. It's competing with swimming. It's competing with gymnastics. And that's exactly what they do. They have 10 we days of We should be program. competing with swimming and gymnastics. We should, we should be competing against the, the, the sport that makes more money, which is golf and tennis. They have to work. They got to solidify their Olympic base before they worry about building out. And for the Olympics, if you have 10 we days of track be, and field, it's, if, if you're doing the Olympics and you have 10 days of programming, you need 10 days of superstars. That's the way it is. If you're centering your sport around the Olympics, that is a bad business model. That's the, bad that's business the reality. Model. If you're centering right your sport now. around the Olympics, it's bad. You're that's already lost right before now. you even started. That's the you reality to, right now. So don't concede the Olympics. Do what the Olympics. You don't need to do what you're doing it. The you just don't need to make it. Your, you don't need to focus on it. You don't need to build that's your sport two, around it. That's two separate questions. You're talking about torpedoing the Olympic schedule in hopes of making the sport more popular for some faraway purpose. Are you telling me? I'm saying our sport I'm saying, is, is doing well because they run the five and the ten. Come on. I'm saying it would be. I'm saying it would be worse if you took away events at the Olympics. I would make it worse. I, not every, not every plan makes things better. There's things that would make things worse. It's possible to get worse. I know everybody thinks track is at the bottom of a deep, dark hole right now, and some days it feels like it is, but there is a possibility to make it worse. And one way to make it worse would be to cut out opportunities for stars and people to compete. You got 10 days of programming, nine days, whatever it may be. You got to fill it, and you got to fill it with stars. Sure, okay. Then have both events for Olympics only. All right, but the rest of the year, we need to figure out a better solution. Sure, you can have your fun little Olympic schedule. I'm not gonna, it's not the end of the world if you have a 200 meters at the Olympics. But what I'm saying is, would you rather watch athletes all year round care about one 100 meter race and one 200 meter race within the same weekend? Or would you rather have all those athletes all year round care about winning? A hundred meter race four different times. Yeah, but those are two separate things. The hundred doesn't get more popular because you eliminate the two hundred. The five thousand doesn't get more popular because you eliminate the ten thousand. Those are two separate things. The there's not no, I be, disagree. There's I disagree. not going to be people moving in droves to. If you could say a hundred percent, we're going to get all the best people. Would the hundred? Uh, oh, 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 no! Hold on. Would the hundred have been more popular at? At uh, the past World Championships, if Noah Lyles was on that start line, yeah. Well, I mean, boom. I mean, ne so it would have been more popular. If the two hundred didn't exist, Noah Lyles would have been running a hundred meter dash right now. He didn't make the team in the hundred. He would have tried to make the team because that's and he what wouldn't he would have, have made it. Focus on. He didn't make it. He wouldn't. He, yes, I do. He didn't make. It. He tried it the year before. He didn't make it. Yeah, he but he's, made no, the there's a difference between trying to make a team when you're doubling and trying to make a team oh, when you're singling. On. It's very different. That's your are you telling me? Are you telling me if Noah Lyles <laughs> was born into a world where there was no 200 meter dash, he would not make the 100 meter team? You're talking to the guy who's predicting him to double this year. So yeah, but I like, think if, if the 200 literally did not exist, there was no I, that. Is, it's it's like the three hundred. It doesn't exist. I don't think I don't think Lyles running the hundred would create the revolution that you think it would. I'll just say that I don't. I think, think it would be a be. more interesting race when you have all the best athletes running together. You did. We did it. Noah did not you run did. the hundred. Noah you did. Run the 100. Noah. He ran the two, and you saw him in the two. And I think no, people but we didn't are smart see him race against. We didn't see him race against. I mean, I don't think you're giving. I I think you're not giving like the common fan enough like credit. Like they can get excited about a 200 and a hundred. Like they okay. can understand that there's different events and people have different specialties. To the, what was your reaction to the 2017 men's 200 meter final? 27. Oh, Ramo Guliev year. Yeah. Do you think that was good for the sport? 
No. Exactly. No. Why did that happen? What did I what did I think about the 2023 NFC Championship game? Was that good for the sport? No. It was great for the sport. Bunch of guys got bunch of bunch of guys got hurt. I don't know, injuries happened in the sport. But so like getting was, getting rid of it wouldn't have made the 100 more popular. Like I I don't know why you don't understand this. Was it great? No, but getting rid of it isn't a value add. But, it but doesn't make imagine more. though if it was the other way around and all the athletes wanted to 200 and then they banned the 100, you would be like, "What's going on?" Well, if they, in in this hypothetical, all those scratches almost could have led to Van Niekerk winning. I mean, he only lost by two 100s. Van Niekerk wins, then it's a huge story because then you have a two four doubler, which is what everybody wanted to see. Okay, what about I this? Did, we the, the the little the the number one story that our sport is going through right now is that our best athletes never get to race each other. We're never going to see a Thing Mo race Sidney McLaughlin. That's a problem. The reason why that problem exists is because there's a lot of events, and then the best athletes kind of all become kings no, no, no. and queens Dude, of, their, no, no, of no. their respectable events. No, 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 no. That's what happens. You're, you're, you're right that the problem is they don't race each other, but the solution is you got to figure out a way to get them to race each other. You don't just... Hunger Games events one by one until there's one track event and then everybody competes with each other. Like there, no, no, you do. You do. You, you need Hunger to. Games until there's one track event within no. that discipline. One you sprint, need... one long sprint, one mid-distance, one no. distance. And guess what? Then you have multiple world champions, multiple kings and queens of the unique discipline all being finding out, oh, are you actually the legit king? Are you the legit queen? Because it's cute when you win your side event and your side event, but what happens when you have to race each other when you have to go up against the best of the best. That would be Isn't fun this, to watch. This you should make a track meet though, where right? it's like you're not, you, you only get one long, one. Sh yeah. There's an issue yeah. that Sidney McLaughlin doesn't race Shawnee Miller Weibo. The two best in there, they are I mean, literally when, the same skill set running fast, one lap around the track, and they didn't the race each other because our sport. Created two different types of ways to run around the track. One with hurdles, one without. And I get it. It's cool. And we have the steeplechase and all this stuff and high hurdles. And, and, and like, I'm not saying like we need to like delete these events. But there is a problem when you have 18 different events, 18 world champions, when really you could combine a few of those world champions to make <laughs> mega world champions. I want mega this world champions, not just single world champions. In the era where track, I'll leave it with this. In the era when track was popular and it was doing numbers, you had the same events, more or less. You had the foreign hurdles. You had the 200. You had the 100. People were watching. I think the solution is figure out a way, a more realistic solution is just figure out a way for them to race each other. Not. Yeah, take away their events and then events. they'll race each other. They'd be like, this is where we got to go. World Athletics is already doing that right now by saying, like, we want people to race each other, so let's take away their meets. Say, like, hey, you only can race each other if it's at our meet. That's a strategy. Yeah. All right. Strategy. We'll, we'll leave it there. I guarantee 95% of the chat. Blink said I was twice an if you're idiot. feeling okay. <laughs> Anthony says, Gordon talking crap as usual. Uh, Donovan says, that's dumb. I don't know if what that's in reference to. Could have been me. Oh, it's or something you. else. It's not to me, clearly. Let's see. I mean, from the outside looking in, like, it's a marketing problem more than anything. Like, there's nobody watches track. I mean, 95% of people watch track unless it's the Olympics. There's no reason to, like, tune into the world championships because no one knows when they are even. I mean, I think that's more of the problem than event types, in my opinion. I think, yeah. And Colt's I mean, opinion the, matters because Colt is... Colt, Colt's not the a person, person gotta, who's like, uh, you got to win the Colt over. Yeah. Who's just like was born into track and like did it in high school, and so we just already have this preconceived. Oh, everyone should know who Sydney is, and everyone should know what the difference that there's exchange zone rules within a four by one and all that. Plus, if you lose <laughs> events, you lose those champions and you lose those fan bases. Like, if there's only the hundred, like the yeah. world is not going to care about the hundred if they don't have somebody competing in it. You know, like. There's yep. countries that only have one person that's good at one event, and that's like the superstar of that country, and they bring people into track and field. If there's no superstar in that event, no one oof, will care. Oof, oof. Wow. Wow. 
said, couldn't say it better myself, Gordon Reeling uh, after Colt. <laughs> I'm not really. Well, I disagree, Colt, but. Whatever. No, Colt, no, Colt, Colt. Respectfully. Colt's, I understand Colt's no, point, though. But Colt's point goes to what I was talking about earlier, where it's like, it is possible to go backwards. If you're operating from the, we have nothing to lose, we have one year to make this work, otherwise we're going to become financially insolvent, then yeah, throw everything against the wall. But there is ground to lose, and it is what Colt is talking about. It's like, okay, and cool. Again, cut cut it down 18... to 15, cut it down to 15 we... people, and then see like if the rest of the world even cares. Like they're not. And again, part of my solution is not just cutting down the events. Yeah, we're cutting down from 18 to whatever, 10. But guess also what you're doing. You're taking 10 and multiplying it by four and having a four major system where you're going to have four champions in, in 10 events. That's 40 champions. You're actually having more world champions by cutting my events and then multiplying it by four. Because you cut the events, multiply it by four, four majors, and then you get four, you get 40 different incredible moments as opposed to 18 substandard moments in the summer. They're not substandard. People liked seeing Bolt win the one and the two. People liked seeing Michael Johnson win the four and the two. People liked seeing Shelly Ann and Elaine Thompson compete in both. It's a narrative. It's a story. I mean, I know you're on about the four, the four major stuff, but it's just that's a thing that's just never going to happen, yeah. right? Like in terms of unrealistic things, I mean, eliminating that many events also isn't going to happen. Um, what I'm talking about probably isn't going to happen where they somehow magically create some incentive structure to get all the best people to compete multiple times a year. That's probably not going to happen either, but that's that to me is the most logical step forward. I think I'm going to retire because Colt is just crushing it in the chat. 100% approval rating right now Let's go uh jordan <laughs> says okay colt all caps champion eagle says colt is right maybe can we get shirts to say colt is right that's right oh man we I need to start that. merch that yeah. should be one of our 2023 goals start merching it up do you want to uh is that it we got a strava world indoor tour coming up tomorrow keep an eye on that men's 800 could be good that's live on flow track in where us canada australia i think great britain as well that one's great britain too huh okay well double check on that right actually i can check i think it's now. great britain I'll check. the gold ones the 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 gold tours are not in great britain but the ones that aren't gold are in great britain and america and uk and australia and canada let me uh, confirmed Confirmed, yes, that is correct. Great Britain, Canada, Australia, and the US. So um, enjoy that, everybody. I hope you guys have a good week. <laughs> thanks Should for coming I, uh, to my live stream. Thanks for coming to my live stream. Got to tweet an update Did on you... that tree when you figure it out. Yeah, yeah I got to find out about that tree. I mean, you're really, you're really I'm, worried, I'm, I can tell. I'm sure I'm fine. I'm sure I'm fine. It's fine. I'm more worried about not having food in my fridge. All in the game says Elaine Thompson will compete tomorrow in the Women's 60 at the Carson Warholm Invitational. All right. Really? We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about talk that about on Friday. Friday. Yeah. Um, Jordan says Gordon is depressed, LOL. Uh, David Why says am I he depressed? looks. Hungry. I'm not depressed. I have... David says he looks hungry. Well, you said thanks for listening. I got I got another one of another these coming in the mail. Another uh, what's NFC championship? This is 2004. I got to add to the collection. Go birds! Go birds! I, I want to go to the Super Bowl. I want to go to the Super Bowl. I try to get a credential. I tried to get a credential because I was going to go to NFL Media Day yeah. and I was going to walk around and ask everyone what their like 100 meter PB is and like just make jokes and stuff like that. But the deadline for credentials was passed. <laughs> so I couldn't do that. Oh, man. I Maybe appeal? One. Can you appeal? I got one, right? No, it's just it's too much work to figure it out.
I'm also pissed because right. if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I'm not going to be able to go to the, the the parade again. I didn't go last time because I was covering USA's, and I'm covering USA's this time. I'll be in Albuquerque when the Super Bowl parade is going on. I'm like, oh, dang it. So are you going to have my own mini parade in Albuquerque? No, but isn't it over? The meet's over on Saturday, right? So, no, Super Bowl is on Sunday. They have the parade on, like, Thank you. Wednesday or Thursday. And yeah, I fly about, to Albuquerque Thursday. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to be. I'll be in an airport when the Super Bowl parade, when the parade is happening. I'll be in an airport. You were in, you were in, an, airport, you were in an airport last time. Yeah, I remember, I remember listening I to, like, you. the live radio feed of it. Yeah, like, you wouldn't so talk happy. to me. I'm so you happy. Head, you had wireless headphones on. And I thought oh, you, remember? you were just, you were you're like I'm listening to the parade, like you wouldn't <laughs> talk to me between flights. It was one of the first. I think it was the first trip I went with, with you. We went to Ames for the Iowa State class. Maybe that was, it, was yeah. like, like all right, cool man. I'm gonna go sit I down mean, by this terminal. You would listen to a Dodgers parade or a Spurs parade. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. You want to listen to that like, pop speech? Yeah, I would, would have probably just said something that would have made you mad. So it's. Probably for the best that you did. Um, All right, like and subscribe, everyone. Thanks to Colt for dominating yeah. the show, MVP of the show, getting it back live. We appreciate you, Colt. Uh, Friday you. morning, 9 a.m. We got to do 9 a.m. on Friday because Gordon's going somewhere. We'll talk to you guys then. <laughs> See you.